0: be one guy came back and fell at Jesus's feet and let's let's look at what, what how Jesus responded in Luke chapter 17 it says and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and as he entered into a certain village there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off Were there not ten cleansed, but where the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith made thee whole. Let's pray right now. Father, we're thankful for your presence and we're thankful for what you're, you're wanting to do here this morning. Uh, and Lord, we already sense your, your desire in the message. And so Lord, we, we pray that you take control. We pray, Lord, that you set Jay on a shelf. And Lord, you just use this moment, you use this time, you use this body, this mouth, and, and this mind, Lord, as your very own. And Lord, allow the words that you want said to be said in this place. And Father, we don't know if it's on, on Facebook, we don't know if it's here in the congregation, but God, we sense your desire to, to move and stir hearts. And so, Lord, we pray right now, do just that. Do just that. Get everything else out of the way that needs out of the way so that you can touch and change lives. We pray, Father, for the thinking of all of us, that, God, we would all be challenged to think bigger. We would all be challenged to see you in your wholeness, to see you in your glory, and, God, to pursue that and not just accept what's enough. God, drive us to a deeper place. Drive us to a place, God, that Lord truly allows us to cherish the privilege and the opportunities that we have in you. And we pray that you're glorified in that and lifted up. In Jesus' name, and amen. This morning, we're going to do this message, what what I would typically call backwards. Normally... We, we kind of present the idea, and then we walk through the group of scriptures. And as we walk through that group of scriptures, we come to a place uh, to where we, we build up to the ending. You know, kind of like a movie. Build up to the ending, we build up to the main point, and everything else like this. This morning, I'm going to take you right to the main point. And, and it's the conversation that Jesus has with the man after he's healed of leprosy and comes to him. And then we're going to kind of walk backwards to show the significance in this. And so in, in looking at this man, we know that he's a leper. We know that from the scripture that we just read, that he cr- comes and cries out to Jesus. We find out that he's a Samaritan and, and that he realizes and see he's healed after Jesus instructs him to go. He comes and falls at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus questions where the nine are, looks at him and says, Thy faith has made the whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now, I have a lot of friends on on social media of all ages, of all makes and types and, and everything else like that, and, and I communicate with them through the week. I, I love the family and, and friend aspect of social media. Some of the other crap, not so much, but I love the friend and family idea of social media and how it can allow us, no matter how many mouths are between us or how much busyness is between us, that we can stay connected and be involved and love each other, even if it's over a, a couple chat-type things. I love that, okay? Okay. But what I find in, in social media is I find that you've got everything. You've got everybody. And, and what you see in that, and, and I, I, I'm someone who's extremely observant. From facial expressions to the way things are worded to everything, there's not a whole lot that passes by me. And, and I pray for a lot of you just because of your facial expressions. I pray for a lot of you just because of your body language. And I pray for a lot of you just because I, I think, with God's help, I'm reading between the lines a little bit, and, and it's opening up to me some of the things that you're struggling with in life. Now, maybe I'm way off, but you're still getting prayed for, right? So that, that's a good thing, right? Even if, even if I'm way off, you're getting prayed for, and God knows what you need, so he'll overcome my stupidity, right? So... But in doing all of that, what I have found is we all continue to struggle with the same things. The people who reach out to me in prayer, the people who who reach out to me and, and ask me about this or ask me about that and everything else, they're always in the same place. If it was five years ago, if it was yesterday, if it was 20 years ago, whatever, and they're still coming to me, they're still coming to me with the same issues, they're still coming to me with the same problems, they're still coming to me with the same stuff, and they're still struggling with these things. They're still struggling with how people perceive them. They're still struggling with, with the need for attention and man's uh, touch and authority in their life. They're still struggling with the same perceptions of, of how they live and the same ideologies around that. They're still struggling with someone who hurt them 30 years ago. Or they're still struggling with what just happened in the grocery store by a total stranger yesterday. You see, we, we stay focused on the things that are trying to destroy us. And we never really focus on the things that want to deliver us. You got that? We stay focused on the things that are trying to destroy us, and we never fully focus ourselves on the things that want to deliver us. Such it was with Jesus with the man of the pool. He was focused on man. Well, he gets in the pool, he gets in the pool. Well, so-and-so helped him, so-and-so helped me, but nobody helps me. Here's an idea. Help yourself. Here's an idea. Start thinking different. Here's an idea. Start choosing to believe in the power of God. You want to know one of the most powerful things you can do is when you're in a struggle, when you're in a difficult time, just start praying the promises. Just start praying the promises of God over your life and over your situation. These aren't folklore. They're not myth. They're not something that is just out there to make us feel good on Sundays. But they are things that want to empower you and deliver you from the things that are holding you back. And you've got to take advantage of that. You can point to man every day of your life and say they're the reason I'm the way I am. This person's the reason the way I am. This person upset me. This person made me mad. This person hurt me. You can do that every single day. Live above it. Live above it. Be better. Think bigger. Amen? Because God is giving you an arsenal of hope. He's giving you an arsenal of of power. He's giving you an arsenal of deliverance. If you choose... To live and breathe by the things holding and grasping your life and and constantly find yourself in in despair and hurt and depression then you've got to start thinking different you've got to start living different you've got to think bigger this leper saw himself whole and he got the idea just like the man at the pool he got the idea I don't have to show myself to the priest. I'm healed. I'm delivered. This this thing is cured. And he ran to Jesus because he realized that something more divine and more powerful than any man looking upon him in judgment could ever say or do just happened from the King of Glory that spoke healing and spoke power over his life. And so he runs to him and he falls on his face And he falls at his feet and he worships him. He endears himself to the Savior. He endears himself to the power. He endears himself to the deliverance. He endears himself to everything Jesus offered. And Jesus said, You're whole. We get saved. We get saved, we receive redemption. We, get, we receive forgiveness. We receive grace and mercy. And what's, white, what's red as crimson becomes white as snow. Okay? Our sins are forgiven. But we have to choose to tap into the power. We have to choose to tap in to the wholeness of God. What are you saying, Jan? Am I not saved? No, I'm not saying you're not saved at all. You're saved by grace through faith, right? It's a a gift. It's not something you can earn. It's not something you can work for, okay? You're not going to make God save you any more or less on how good you are, okay? But what I'm saying is a lot of us are saved, but we're still living like we're lost. A lot of us are saved and we're still living like we're in sin. A lot of us are saved and we're still being drugged down by the same crap that drug us down when we were in the world. It doesn't make the cross futile. It doesn't make Jesus' work on the cross futile. It doesn't take him off the cross. It doesn't make his blood any weaker. His blood does its job. But what I'm saying to you is this, you will only be whole. You will only be whole, not healed. He was healed on the road. He was made whole at the feet of Jesus. Oh, you didn't hear me. Listen, he was made, he was made, he was healed on the road. He was made whole at the feet of Jesus. Children, if you want to whole, if you want to be whole in your life, if you want to be empowered by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and his work in you, then friend, you've got to fall on your knees. You've got to come and you've got to cling to the ankles of Jesus and you've got to know in your heart that he is the one that will deliver you and bring everything into your life that is needed when you need it. He must become your all in all. And when you come to Him in that devotion, when you come to Him in that heart, when you come to Him and you set Him upon the throne of your life, friend, that is when wholeness begins. That is when wholeness in, in God. And that is when wholeness in this way of life starts. Amen. Quit, quit setting man on a pedestal. Amen. Find good men. Find good mentors. Find good, f- solid Christian friends that, who will help empower you, who will speak Jesus over you in your time of need. Amen. I'm not when I say that, I'm not saying don't just find someone who says, oh, holly. It's okay. I agree with you. Amen? Because sometimes you need a friend who's going to say, Holly, you need to get rid of that garbage. You need to get rid of that garbage. You need to quit talking that stuff. Amen? And you need to get a hold of Jesus. You need to get Jesus in the middle of this and let Jesus do what Jesus does. Amen? Sometimes you need that friend. and I, Holly I know nothing about Holly. I've read no body language. Or, or anything else. So don't don't leave here going. I wonder what's going on in Mark and Holly's life. You know, no. no, no, no. Don't 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 do stupid things like that. Amen. Get whole. Get whole, and don't do stupid things like that. Amen. What I'm saying to you though is is just that. You want to be a Christian friend. Empower your friends. Empower them with Jesus Christ. Don't just empower them with your presence. Empower them with the presence of Jesus. Amen. What does that mean? It means you've got to spend time at his feet. You've got to spend time wrapped around his ankles so that you can invite him into your life. You can invite him into your walk and allow him, allow him to be the deliverer. Do you hear that? Allow him to be the deliverer because He is. He is. I'm not. There's no man to get me in the pool. That's okay, because Jesus is the deliverer. Amen? And we have got to start claiming what God has given. I mean, it's good, it's good to get saved. Don't misunderstand me, okay? Getting saved, coming to Jesus, allowing the blood of the cross of Calvary, being applied to your life and everything else is vital. It's vital. You've got to start there. Anything else is thieves and robbers. Anything else is thieves and robbers. Well, so I don't buy into all of this, you know, new revelation crap going on in the modern church today. I don't buy into it. Why? Because Scripture tells me it's Jesus. Jesus first, sure. Jesus last. Amen? Any other way is thieves and robbers. And, and we don't want to rob God of the people that He's calling to salvation. And so what I'm saying this morning is, wholeness Amen? It doesn't mean that you're not going to have tribulation. Even Jesus says, Matthew 16 33, be of good cheer. You're going, to have, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have crap. You're going to have bad news. You're going to have stuff happen that you didn't want to happen. Stuff you prayed against is still going to happen. And nine times out of ten, the reason you prayed against it is because in your spirit, you saw it coming. In your spirit, you knew it was going to happen. In your spirit, you felt it. And just like Jesus didn't want the cross and prayed." against it, you are praying against whatever it is that God is moving you into because it looks creepy and it looks scary and it looks like something that you can't handle but what God is saying to you in those times and what God is saying to you in those moments is don't fear, I got this, I just want you to walk through it so that I can show everybody else that I got this Amen And when we start to live like that, when we start to think like that, when we start to allow that kind of power, not of this earth, not of man, but only of God Almighty to begin to work in our lives and begin to work in our home, begin to work in our our workplaces, begin to work in our children, begin to work in and around us, that's where we find wholeness. That is where we find wholeness. We don't find wholeness in the world. We don't find wholeness in emotionalism. Now, what do you, what do you mean by that, Jay? Is that a shot at somebody? No, it's not a shot at somebody. We, we can have a whole lot of emotion in the church, but if there's no substance behind it, if there's no, if there's no sound teaching and, and spiritual drawing behind it, it's just emotion. Amen? Emotion can be what you need and look for in social media. Emotion can be what you need and look for in friendships. And everything else. I'm not saying any of that is bad in its rightful place. But what I'm saying is quit allowing your life to live at that level when your life can live at this level. Amen? Quit allowing what happens on this level to influence your ability to ever reach this level. Amen? Because God's going to sit here. God's going to stay here. Now He'll reach down hands. He'll reach out to you, He'll allow His Holy Spirit to draw you to Him, and He'll grab hold of you. Amen. But you choose how you think. You choose what you think. You choose how you react in a situation. And maybe the situation is not great, but you choose you choose what happens in your heart in that moment. You, you need to out amen that, okay? Okay? You choose. You choose that. And all the garbage and all the baggage that you bring along with your choice in that moment, that's your doing. It's not God's. It's not somebody else's. It's not this one, that one, that one, this one, that one. It's yours. You choose those attitudes. You choose those behaviors. You choose the fingers. You choose to point at somebody else. You make those decisions. And trust me, That's not whole. That's not living whole. That's not living in the presence of God. That's not speaking the power of his promises over your life in every situation. So now let's take a look. Let's take a look at the leper. Let's see where he comes from. All right. We learn through the scriptures that he's a Samaritan, right? Samaritans were dogs. Right? Not my opinion. Scripture tells us that. Right? Jesus at one time even refers to a woman as a dog. Right? I got this really cool book called The Hard Sayings of the Bible, and it kind of walks you through that stuff, and it was a great, that was a great read that I had one time talking about Jesus literally, verbally calling a woman a dog because of the perceptions of Jews versus Samaritans at the time, and all of the background and all that information to it. I'm not going to break all that down to you now, but, but, but they looked at people very differently. Why? Because they were not chosen. They were not of the original chosen group. So Jesus, as a Jew, looked at her, calls her a dog, and she responds to him and says, Yeah, yeah, Lord. But even, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. You see, she was thinking bigger. Huh? You hear me? She was thinking bigger. She was seeing the lordship she was seeing the power she was seeing the dominion of the savior in that moment and she knew that if she just got the crumbs it was enough she knew that if she just got a little touch instead of a big touch it was enough and then jesus seeing her faith responded to her incredibly different than he did when he called her a dog amen you see because that is what moves heaven when we respond to Jesus in a way that, that declares his lordship over our lives, that declares him king of who we are, that is when he sees us as a child, and that is when he responds to us as his own. And then the power and the wholeness begins to come. This guy was a Samaritan. Now, notice, because Jesus points this out, Scripture points this out, I have to believe that among the other nine, they weren't all Samaritans. Right? Otherwise, why would we have this text? Why would we have this learning that this one, amen, Scriptures and most most of your expositors and stuff will call him a stranger. Right? So it even leads you to believe, the study in the history even leads you to believe, that they were all Jewish except this one. Okay, you can't prove that on the the text, but, but from the history and the circumstances, the location and where everybody was and everything else, it is very reasonable if they were all Jewish except this one Samaritan. Here's what's interesting. If Samaritans are dogs and Jews are so elevated above them, what happened when the leprosy hit? They all were at the same place, weren't they? They all were pushed out of town. They all were declared unclean. They all were declared of the same disease, of the same stuff, and they all had the same punishment and they all had the same despair for the rest of their lives. When we choose to live as the world lives, when we choose to think as the world thinks, when we choose to operate in the flesh and in our emotions and and in the things of this life rather than the power and the promises of God, we get the same stuff everybody else gets. We get the same treatment everybody else gets. We We get the same everything that everyone else gets. It's only when we choose to live in the power and the promises of God and the wholeness, the wholeness that he brings. Understand this. Understand this. The man at the pool was healed, but Jesus made him whole. The woman, the woman in the street was found in sin. she was rescued, and then Jesus made her whole to point that she followed him every day of her life, even was among uh, the last at the foot of the cross. And this Samaritan, realizing that he was healed, comes and falls and bestows himself at the feet of Jesus and worships him, risks rejection, risks disdain, risks hurts, risks everything to just fall at his feet and worship him. And Jesus says, this thinking, this thinking, this attitude, this kind of lifestyle, this faith makes you whole. The wholeness was never about the leprosy. The wholeness was about the heart. And the wholeness was about how he chose to live. And when he chose Jesus over the priest... When he to now listen, this is when it gets real. When he chose Jesus over his family. When he chose Jesus over his job. When he chose Jesus over his children. When he chose Jesus of everything, he had to leave because of the leprosy. Understand, when they went to the priest and the priest declared them unclean, there was no going home and packing a bag. You took what was on your back and you went to the outskirts of the street and you begged for the rest of your life. Because you weren't allowed to go home and kiss your wife goodbye. You couldn't go home and sit your kids on, the la- on your lap anymore. You couldn't go to work and turn in a notice. You couldn't do any of those things. You were unclean, you were unworthy, you were trapped, and you were cast out with everybody else. So, when Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest, wonder what they thought. I love my family. I may have been just as guilty. I might have been one of the nine. I get to go home to Sam. I get to see Luke and I get to see Isaac again. I get to be part of their lives again. I get to be involved with who they are and what they are again. I might have been one of the nine. Right? My mind mind might have been all about my family. I love my job. I love my job. My my mind might have been, hey man, I'm going to go show to the priest soon as I'm done with the priest. I'm going to go hug and kiss my my wife and my boys and and then I'm going to pick up the phone I'm going to call my boss and hopefully I can go back to work. Right? I might have started putting everything right back in order, trying to pick life up right back where it was. And those things aren't bad things. Alright? And there might have been some guys that did think bad things. There might have been some guys that think, man, I can get back with the boys. I can get back with that woman. I can get back with this. I can get back with that. I can start doing this again. I can start doing that again. Right? I don't know what they were thinking. But what I know they weren't thinking is they weren't thinking about Jesus. All they were thinking about was their healing and that now they had their life back. This guy, this guy said, All of that might be important. All of that might matter. But first. 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 I'm going to cling. I'm going to cling. I'm going to grasp. I'm going to hold. I'm going to love. I'm going to worship. Jesus. I'm going to be devoted to Him for what He has done in me. You see, as Christians, we can struggle. We can struggle hard and we can struggle bad. But the reason we do is because we're focused on the things that hurt us. We're focused on the things that anger us. We're focused on the things that sometimes push us away from what God is really doing. And we never really focus on Him. Love your kids. This isn't a message about not loving your kids. Love your wife. Cherish your wife. Love her like God does the church. Women, love your husbands and and, and passionately be the the, the helpmeet that God created you to be for them. All of that's on the table. I'm not taking any of that off the table. But what I am saying is make Jesus first. Make him first. Make his promises and his power the thing you thirst for the thing you desire, the things you want more than anything else. Listen, some of, some of you go through some rough stuff. I know that. And I'm not discounting that. But what I know is this. What I know is this. When you put Jesus, when you think bigger and you put Jesus more and above all of that, His power and His promises and His ability to speak to you and work in you and empower you in those moments and those situations will deliver you from the frustration and the aggravation and the anger and the crap that you walk in every day of your life. I'm saying crap a whole lot this morning. And the reason I am is because we choose to walk in it. If your shoes stink when you get home, quit walking through the poop, man. Oh, I'm gonna hear about that on the way home. I can't believe you said it's bad enough you say crap. I can't believe you said poop in the middle of the message. But but it's true, right? And I said, okay, I'll hear about it later. But it's true. Some of us just we see the power there and we just and then we get here and we're like, why does life stink? Well, it stinks because you're choosing to walk through it. It stinks because you're choosing to, to get your feet covered in stuff that God doesn't intend you to be covered with. Solve yourself with the preparation of the gospel. Let the promises and the power of Jesus Christ move upon you so that you're not thinking about the poop in the middle of the field. i said it again because I don't care about it. It's insignificant and it doesn't hold me back because I choose to be whole in Jesus Christ. I choose to be whole in Him. And friends, when we embrace when we embrace Him on that level that's when the ride starts. That's when the ride starts. That's when the fun happens. Amen? Because when Satan starts to figure out that the power of God is on you so much that it doesn't matter what dart he throws and it doesn't matter what he brings into your life. It doesn't matter how dark the storm is or how much it rains. That he is not going to knock you off the Jesus high you're on, that's when the fun happens. That's when you start to see the things that you only read about in Scripture. That's when God starts doing a work in you, not just in you, but starts doing a work in others because of you. And that's when it matters most. That's wholeness. That's wholeness. Wholeness is having all the stuff. Wholeness is having all the details. Wholeness is having all of of the things around you. But choosing to step over the poop because it's just not worth your time anymore. It's just not worth your thought anymore. It's just not worth the expense of, of your heart. And it's not worth the expense of your emotions anymore to bring that stuff into your life. Amen? And God then begins to start to impart the promises over you and upon you. That's wholeness. And when we come to Him in devotion, like this Samaritan did, when we fall before Him in complete subjection and we make Him Lord over our life, that is when He moves upon us and brings wholeness to our mind. He brings wholeness to our heart. He brings wholeness to all the circumstances and details around us. And that's when we really start to walk in Him. That's relationship. You know, we, we preachers for years, you need a relationship. You need a relationship. You need a relationship. Yep, you need a relationship. Yep, yep, yep. Get a relationship. You won't. That. Well, what's a relationship? That's, that's what always frustrated me with that is they, they tell me I need it, but they don't tell me how to do it. The reason they don't tell me how to do it is because i gonna be honest with you, most of them didn't know. You want a relationship with Jesus? You're going to get that relationship with falling at his feet like this guy did. The most unworthy leper, Samaritan, the guy who would most likely be kicked out because he didn't just fit. I had a couple conversations this week that, that are mind-blowing to me. And... Um, if you've had similar conversations, then don't, don't put any two and twos together. But different, different churches, so this isn't pointed at anyone, different churches, but I've had two different people describe what they're going through in their church to me this week as dead. And these aren't little churches, okay? These aren't, you know, these little churches that are barely keeping the doors open with five or six people, okay? These these are people going to decent-sized churches, and they describe to me that what they're feeling and what they're going through is dead. And and my response to both of them was, um, you know, I I grew up on a farm, and um, when something on the farm died, we buried it. And I'm not saying that against this church or that church. I'm saying this about you. Because sooner or later, that, that feeling, that dread, that, that death, spiritual death you're talking about, it will eventually consume you. It will eventually consume your family. It will eventually consume what's going on in your life. And when you get to that place, you'll be dead too. And if you're not careful, it will bury you. It will bury you spiritually. It will bury you physically. It will bury what's going on in your life. I'm not telling you to leave your church, but I'm telling you to be the catalyst. I'm telling you to be the catalyst. I'm telling you to be the, to be the one that steps up and say, no, 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 no. From this moment, it's about Jesus. No, 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 no. no. From now on, we're not going to wallow in the fields. Okay. From now on, we're going to step up and we're going we're to cling to His feet and we're going to be made whole. We're going to cling to Him and His promises are going to start to move upon us. We're going to cling to Him and His power is going to start to flow through us again. We're going to call out to Him and His presence is going to be nigh and He's going to be our very present help in time of danger. You need to be the catalyst for a revival of Jesus Christ. In your church, if that's how you feel. Yeah, you'll get called a troublemaker. Yeah, you might even get asked to leave. But if you're planting in the people's hearts, if you're planting in people's hearts what matters most, and that's Jesus Christ, then you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Never forget Jesus turned over a bunch of tables and cracked a whip because religion and people and cult-type things were were killing his house of prayer. They were robbing people of what God intended. So friends, I'm here to tell you, it's time, it's time we think bigger. It is time we live bigger. And it's time that we come back to Jesus. It's time that in spite of our leprosy, whatever that is, whatever it is that has pushed us out and pushed us away and excommunicated us from the power of God working in our life, it is time that we come back to Jesus and walk in His might, walk in His strength, walk in His power from now on. You have to choose yourself. You have to choose yourself to walk there. I can can sweat up a storm, even in air conditioning, and, and, and preach this to you. Right? I can take you and walk you through the Scriptures and show you where it's at. But you gotta choose where you walk. You gotta choose how you walk. You gotta choose how you live. You gotta choose what you cling to. Are you clinging to stuff, dude, you can cling you can cling to great stuff, okay? You can cling to a lot of stuff. I mean, when I first, when I first started preaching, man, I was in Right to Life and, and, and American Family Association and, and I was into all of this. I was even considering political runs and everything else where I could, you know, wear my Christianity on my chest and get voted into office and make sweeping changes and this and that and the other and everything else. And, and I got to the point that I was so encumbered by all of that that I wasn't being effective at what God called me to do. And a brother came to me and he's like, dude, dude, what were you called for? I said, I was called to be a preacher. And he said, then forget politics. Forget all of this other stuff. Get in the Word. Study to show yourself approved and let God just start using you. And the light bulb went off and I did just that. I quit everything. People got mad at me. People got upset at me. People had... Made investments, and not necessarily financial investments, but at least time and, and, and effort and, and emotion and made investments in, in me and, and what they thought about me and, and everything else like this. And man, they turned on me really quick. But Jesus never has. Jesus has never turned on me. Jesus has never once said, no, Jay, Jesus has never once gotten so angry at me that he wanted nothing to do with me. Oh, well, trust me, there, there were times I did stupid stuff and he's like, yo, yo <laughs> we got to work this out now, right? I'm not claiming to be perfect, right? There were definitely times when, when he had to tap me on the shoulder and deal with some things, right? But, but he's never forsaken me. He's never left me. He has always stuck close. And in all of those times and in all of those situations, I was the one who had to choose to fall at his feet. And when I did, he made me whole. When I did, he made a difference. When I did, he brought the power. When I did, he brought the glory. When I did, he brought what was needed. And friend, He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. Whatever place or stage of life you're in, whatever decisions you're contemplating, whatever struggles and trials you're going through, He will be your victory. He's the one who makes you whole. There might be people who make you feel good. There might be people who gratify your personality or gratify where you want to be or where you want to go but the only one who's ever going to make you whole is Jesus. So I'm asking you, run to Him. Let's stand and sing.
1: Pause that for just a second. I I can't can't let it go. I hope we don't take this for granted and walk out of here today and not listen to this. Um, not too long ago, I had my heart broken to where didn't think I could go on. And talking with Pastor Jay and coming here was healed then kind of felt lost, got the answer as clear as can be today, and we, we need to be whole. It's one thing to be healed, and you feel better, but it's, that's not all of it. And, you know, even this song right here picked it out just because know how to sing it, enjoy it, all that, but we need to wake up, too, and we need to be whole. So let's not forget that.
2: Lord, in this nation, awakening, Holy Spirit, we desire awakening for You and You alone. Awake. Soul, awake my soul and sing. For the one you love, Your will be done. Let Your will be done in me. In Your presence, in Your power. Awakening For this moment For this hour Awakening For you and you alone Awake my soul Awake Oh, we didn't see Lord, in this nation who you
0: always special and it never gets old when God does a work and we're thankful we're thankful for that Um, Ben's got one more for you I'm just blessed right now and you and me both. I don't really need to say a whole lot, but um, uh, he's got one more for you. And uh, when, he, when he sent me the text and said, What do you think about this? And I think, Man, I haven't heard that never. And I it couldn't get it in my head and went to YouTube and looked it up immediately. I was like, Yes, yes. So he's, he's got one more, so enjoy.
2: A long black train coming down the line, feeding off the souls that are lost and crying. Rails of sin, are made and evil things. Watch out, brother, for that long black train. Look to the hills. Look to the sky, you can find redemption staring back into your eyes. There is protection, and there's peaceful sleep. Running into it for a long ride train, As you know there's victory in the Lord. I say, victory. And Lord, cling to the Father in His holy name. Don't go back on that long black train. There's a bit need of that long black train. Hey, can you wonder if the ride is worth the pain? He's just waiting on your heart to say, "Let me ride on that long black train." Let you know there's a train in the Lord, I said, "A train in the Lord to the Father it's your name. But I must stay away. That train is a beauty making everybody sick. But its only destination is the middle of nowhere. But you know there's victory in the Lord, I say. Victory in the Lord. Sing to the Father in His holy name Don't go right on that long black tree Sing to the Father in His holy name Don't go right on that long black tree Yeah, watch out, girl A train and I will have a train.
0: That's why as I'm walking right there. Um, real quick before TJ comes up and uh, gives us our announcements for the week and, and closing in prayer, a couple really quick things uh, of business. Who likes the shirt? Huh? Yeah. These will be for sale, right? We, we we looked into a really great deal. I mean, Lisa can tell you how great of a deal these were, and um, and we just fell into our lap. We we kind of jumped on it and and had to order um, fifty uh, of them and so forth. So we've got everything from adult medium through adult two X, um, and available to you. They're only. Bucks. You go to a Kool's or, or excuse me, or any other kind of place like that. You're going to pay what, at least, a twenty plus twenty five dollars. Yeah. So, and that that's just because of the deal we got. That money is going to go back into a pool to get more, um, while we can still get them at this price. Um, the the thing is, I think they're kind of like moving out old inventory because I had limited color choices. That we could work with and everything else. So um our 356 leaders, TJ, turn around, show them your shirt. Right now model the back. You know, kinda do your model walk. You know, that way they see it. Yeah. (laughs) Um so uh the leaders for 356 got them. If you see Luke and Isaac um and, and Courtney, they got uh three our kids club shirts um uh for kids club. So if if we get these 50 sold uh at the $15 and everything else, we're gonna put that money right back in. To um, ordering more, so if you want a kids club shirt, you can get a kids club shirt. If you want a three five six shirt, you can get a three five six shirt. The only thing we have for sale right now are Paul Swinfield shirts. Okay, so um, that's what we're working towards doing. That the important thing with that is, and, and I know some, some of you who've already seen it are like they're so bright. Well, that's the idea. We want people to see us and people to know us uh, and everything else. Sam and I wear Paul's shirts down to uh, the ball field. Uh, the other nights in the state championship game, and you would not believe the people in the community who have heard of us but didn't really know anything about us. So people we didn't know were coming up to us and asking questions and everything else. And we're like, "Now who's the pastor there?" Well, I just kind of, kind of that guy, and um, and so But I mean, we watched the ball game, but at this, we talked about the church the entire time we were there. And uh, so the, the goal here really is, as it's always been, to get in the community and to, to make connections and, and to, you know, to help people come come to the church, of course, but more than more than that, to, to come to Jesus and, and to find find their place in him. So um, so if, if you want one of those, um, let us know. I don't have them with me this morning, um, but we'll have them here next week, so you can come prepared and um, everything, 15 bucks and um, so forth. So,